right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right. Episode 13. Yeah, yeah. Tredici in Italiano, if we want to get specific. We back again. Uh, got some things to discuss. I know we'll we'll talk a little uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe with the new the new drop, the most watched premiere. I think it counts. Does it count as Marvel Cinematic Universe? I feel like it's cheating to keep on expanding something that's not really expanded. This is a whole another chapter. But but that's what they've been doing. Is I think they're calling this like the MCU Phase Four. Okay, yeah, so I'm not lumping everything else into it. So is it is it a universe they, or I mean, they, a couple planets? No, I think it's still a universe, though, because they were still in that universe of characters that were pre-established. Okay. I don't know if I agree, but I can understand where you come from. In my mind, it's not enough content to be a universe. It's a couple It's a couple planets. We're still in the same ga- uh, galaxy. You know what I mean? Like, we, not, <laughs> we can't go that far. Yeah, it's not Guardians of the Universe. You're right. That's fair. Yeah, it's just, no, it's just like right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, we got we got some other stuff to touch on, but as as always, we're gonna start out with showing a little love for uh, some number thirteens. Listen, go get your thirteens out there. Just just throw them out there. Don't just throw them out. Okay, throw them out there. Number one, I'm gonna go. No, with you mean number thirteen? Number thirteen. <laughs> um, but the number one jersey, my the first uh, basketball jersey I ever owned. Mm. Uh, this is a Celtics number thirteen. Mm. Uh, he wore number fifteen at an institution uh, that we both attended. It is and one if, Delonte West. And I was about to say, my favorite Hawk of all time. People think I joke when I say that. Dead serious. I saw the undefeated team in person with my younger brother at Drexel. I didn't know who they were. I picked Drexel because everybody on St. Joe's was really small. And I was like, no way. And then they smacked the Drexel, and I followed them that entire year. Delonte West is, is a crucially underrated player in the history of college basketball. The year they went undefeated. Him and Jameer Nelson won backcourt of the country, which is saying a great deal. Delonte West, super underrated. And if we've been all the way honest, quite possibly the second or third best player on that Cavaliers team that made it to the finals. It's fine by me. He was one of the better players on the Celtics before he was in the deal for Ray Allen. So, um, so yeah, got to show some love to Delonte West. And we uh, also update. He's doing a lot better. He's in Florida yep. right now. He's clean. He's helping. He's working at a sobriety center. Shout with, out to Mark Cuban for with, really actually committing yep. to him. With the, with the less cool Jason Williams. And, and it's a beautiful thing, man. All, all love and support. If you believe in prayer, send him out to Delonte. Facto. Um, next, I'm going to show some love to, I believe, the first woman that we've had on here. Mm. I, I got to show some love to Alex Morgan. Of course you do. Of course I do. That's a known fact. Fun, quick, quick, rapid, rapid answer. Rapid answer. Is Alex Morgan a top 20 U.S. women's national player ever? No. Okay, cool. As <laughs> long, long, long as you're not too delusional. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think part of it, I regret not saying Mia Hamm at nine. Um, I'll, well, another 13, Christine Lilly, who might be uh, one of the top dope. But I think I think we I think the reason why we haven't mentioned too many women is because we got out of the soccer thing real quick when we started talking about the numbers don't really they don't have the same type of umph because everybody wears them and yep. it doesn't mean who you are like you know what I mean like when you look at certain, when you look at the number three you think of Iris no matter what sport right when you look at the number ten you just think of the best player on the pitch and it could be anybody so I think that's what it is and then 
we we have been, I guess you can call it chauvinistic by not thinking about other female athletes who had certain numbers. But I don't really think that there's been too many that were like my goat, Diana Taurasi. You know what I mean? We could throw things like that in, but it's just all about timing, I think. I don't. Yeah, think no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I mean, Alex was the third one on my list that I thought of. And I'm glad you mentioned what you said um, because my top pick for number 13 um, this will be his second time that he's been mentioned in a number of the week episode. Um, no one chose him the last time he was there, but it was because he was uh, listed above Pele uh, by a website that I was able to find as one of the best number tens of all time, which is a number he wore for like a week and a half when he was with the Lakers. It's Steve Nash. Yo, remember when? <laughs> what was worse in your opinion? The Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant team, or the Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant team. Like when it comes to what was expected and what happened. Um, I feel like because like Carl Malone, everyone kind of knew he was done, right? He still averaged, I think, sixteen a year. Okay, I was very young. To put that in perspective, why I'm asking these he questions. He was dumb old, though. He, I think it was even the 20th season or something, like 19 for 20th season. So he was dumb old. He wasn't Carl Malone of old. Right. That's yeah, the thing is, is like when – look at it while I'm talking. Yeah, when that Lakers team formed, Nash was like three years removed from back-to-back MVPs. Dwight was the best big man in the game and had – was, what, two years removed from winning the Eastern Conference. And Kobe was Kobe. And they still had Powell and, and other remnants uh, of their championship teams. So I feel like it's that one. I But I, the other thing that I think when I'm looking back at this is so I Carl feel Malone like that one averaged, was – yeah, go ahead. Carmelo averaged 13 points a game, seven, oh, 8.7 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.2 steals, and a half a block a game. That's not bad for somebody who was 40. I yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't as washed up as I thought. I mean, he's overrated, which we know. Um, it's because he's overrated because he's rated. So you know, it's just correct. Be... Um, how many? But they wins? did make it to how... the finals. Okay, so that was gonna, that was going to be my question as well because I couldn't they remember actually how good they were. So I no, think that you finals. have to look at that. Yeah, it's it's got to be the later team. Um, yeah, I'm, that was I'm what ten eleven. That was like twenty ten eleven. I think ten eleven was when he won the back to back with Powell oh nine oh ten and then ten eleven. I think the no, other team. No, was it was 08, 09, 09, 10. You sure it was 08, 09? Because he won the yep, the, the Celtics won 07, 08. Then we yeah. then the it was Lakers match because the Lakers made three straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won 07, 08. Lakers won 08, 08 09, 09 over the match. Okay. And then we lost 09, 10 to the Lakers. Okay. Yeah, um, well, it's one of those things where I look at it like that was the team that lost to the Pistons, the Lakers team. The right. Okay. Um, and People think that Kobe sabotaged those finals because he refused to pass the ball and he just kept shooting so he can get finals MVP. I don't know if that's true or not, but when you look at those stats in the finals, that shit is gross. Like, I don't think anybody averaged double figures outside of Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, I mean, those Pistons teams weren't fun to play against. Are you telling me you got Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, who won a championship with the Heat like two years later? And then Carl Malone, who still got you thirteen and eight, and you can't, you can't. I think they only, I think they lost in five games. I think, I think they so didn't too. Even win. That's insane. 
I'm saying the Pistons shouldn't have won because I love Ben Wallace. I love Rasheed Wallace more than almost anybody. Um, Rip Hamilton is also a Philly area native, not my biggest guy, but I love me some big shot. And they got the greatest, never... greatest undrafted player of all time. The greatest undrafted player. That's a, that's a, that's a stretch. I, I'm going to put him up there. One. Of, okay. I'll, one I'll, of. I'll, I'll, I'll hedge and say one of. Yes. All right. All right cool. Cool. We're going to go one of, we're going to go one of like that. They had McDice too on that team, I think, who, you know, I mean, when we did our top 50, I told you how much I'm caping for McDice, even though he's not a top 50 all the time. But when he was McDice, McDice, Miggity not McDice, fair. not fair. I think they also had like Darvin Ham. Like that team had a bunch of people you heard of. Yeah, they had Darvin Ham. They had <laughs> the rookie sensation Darko Milicic. Carmelo's probably still sick about that. So sick. He would have a <laughs> ring, if not two or three, with that team. Yeah. Carmelo coming off the bench, averaging 25 minutes Damn, a game. Some of these, 20 some of these names, they had Mehmet Okor. They had Dude, Lindsay They had Hunter. like a bunch of known yeah. people. Yeah, like Did Lindsay Hunter, Lindsay Hunter was like – I just Hunter said Lindsay Hunter. Yeah. I was like, Lindsay Hunter was a name. And it's like, I don't know what – like, it's not like you look at his career stats and you're like, he all right, on to the next. But it was, was like, yeah, yeah, I remember him just being good. Point guard. But I, I remember yeah. a lot of random people from those – I can't. The only reason, Random the only thing about the, the Pistons teams that I can't really get behind is Tayshaun Prince Maxwell. blocked that. No, no. I love Jason Maxwell, actually. <laughs> Tayshaun Prince has blocked Reggie Miller's layup that, that would have put them in the finals, and I know how much I love Reggie. And I am just not a Larry Brown guy, man. I know Iverson loves him. I know he brought us to our only finals since 1983. I'm not, I'm not a Larry Brown guy, man. Larry Brown, to me, destroys careers. I think Larry Brown, to me, is also a dude who doesn't actually develop players, but he wants them to play only one kind of way. Like, Jalen Rose tells the best Larry Brown stories about how he gave him, like, 10-something BMPs straight for no reason, just because he didn't like the way he played. Like, I think that – and I know Iverson gives a lot to him, but 01 was – mainly in my personal opinion because of Iverson. I don't think it was because yeah, yeah. of Larry Brown. And that wasn't even his best season. Iverson's best season, I think, was the 06-07 season. If you look at those stats and you compare them to the 01 season, you'd be like, 01 was great. No disrespect. That 06-07 season? If I'm not mistaken, if my memory served me correct? Stupid. Yeah, the year he got traded. But yeah, his Philly numbers, well, yeah, 31 a game, uh, seven assists, Oh, no, that's not the season I'm talking about then. I said 06, 07. Oh, uh, oh, 05, oh, 05, 06. Yeah, 33 06. a game. Yeah, 33 a game. <laughs> look, look at the assist, too. Uh, where are we at? Seven and a half. Yeah, so that's, about that's seven and a half. Well, yeah, year, and, and even the year, year before that, he's 31 and eight. You know, so it's like those those years. And, and of course, as we've mentioned, when it comes to Allen Iverson, he's playing 43 minutes a game. <laughs> Of course. That's why that's why his analytics are so bad. Cause they're like, oh, it's per 30, 32. Well, I play 43. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, I looked this up when he retired. If memory serves me right, so feel free to fact check me or just believe me. Allen Iverson averages more assists per game than Gary Payton and um who was it? And oh, another Hall of Fame point guard per game. And it's like they said this guy didn't pass. Um he didn't have more career than Peyton. Not ever. I'm talking about per game. No, per game. I'm talking. Okay. It was somebody. And I, like I mean, it, it probably if you that. take out the last couple of years oh, for yeah, Iverson, he does. Those years it was rough. Right. So, like Gary left when he was. Well, he had a couple bad years at the end too, where he was playing like 
But Iverson, Iverson did so much damage to his career by playing in Memphis, not really playing the Pistons because when he, when he when he got traded, so when he when he got traded to the Pistons, he had the second highest points per game ever in the history of the NBA. And then he went to the Pistons and then dropped down to third, which is no enough that was behind Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain. But he was above, we're going to say it now, rest in peace to the most underrated and disrespected player probably in NBA history. The man that we both love. We I don't think people will believe us when we talk about how much we love. Like, we, sure. we used to talk <laughs> about this man when we were just living together. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we would just bring it Man, that up. year of, of military we duty. Just, we would have first... We, you and I were the first people I ever heard really talk that deeply about how great this dude was, especially during a year where he finished, I believe, fourth in the MVP voting and served yeah. the military and missed, what was it, 30 games or something? <laughs> yeah, he was, like, basically just playing on weekends. And getting buckets. Ooh, and then, and no, and then remember, and it was also the year that he uh, – yeah, okay, let me pull it up here. Oh, do you want to tell the people who, who we are giving uh, in memoriam yeah, to? In, in memoriam to one, one of the all-time Jesuit college greats. Yes, probably the greatest, if we really want to be real. Probably the, if you go college Probably the career, most talented, yes. Yeah. If you go college and professional career, on court, On court greatest, I would say. Maybe off court. Come on, man. We just talked about this man served in the military and was still giving out buckets. See, it's him or Bill. I love Bill. I love Bill for what he I did. I have to defend so, Bill, so you know I have to. So I think Bill is greater off the court. Yes. I think. Well, you want to tell everybody who we talking about? We still have yeah, yeah, we still haven't said it. Uh, one Elgin Baylor. <laughs> the one Elgin Baylor, the first pick of the 1950 NBA draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think Bill Russell was far greater off the court. I think Elgin Baylor is far greater on the court. But I think if you compare the game, Bill Russell's on the court game to Elgin Baylor's off the court game is pretty close. Okay, so this is the 1961-62 season. Uh, he was called to active duty. He was mm-hmm. stationed in Washington State. Mm-hmm. He played only 48 games. Basically, he would have to get weekend passes to go play for the Lakers. Which so he missed just what, 25 his... games. Uh, I don't know how that would, that would be about right. Yeah, uh, were they playing? I mean, they weren't playing a full 82, but you know, like they were playing he... 80. I think they were okay. about 80 at that point. So, yeah, he missed 32. That's insane, dude. <laughs> and he managed to score over 1,800 points. You know how insane it is to be like, yo, I was in boot camp um, and I'm playing 40 minutes a night? Yes. Yeah, so that was, let's see, I said 61, 62. He was averaging 38, 18 and a half, and five, playing 45 minutes a night while Wait, on Ivan, active you, duty. You're doing him a disservice. That 38 came with no three-point line, people. So don't act that like did. he was just throwing it up. Nah, he was in the trenches. So, yeah, he was – okay, let, let, let's uh, adjust for inflation. He's averaging 47 and a half a game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that's on or you just making that up? I just totally made it up. but I love it. Keep going. So like, we're going to do it with all the MVP candidates that year because he was fourth, I think. Because mm-hmm. it went Russell, Chamberlain, Oscar – and then him, I think. For yeah, because it was Oscar. Because Oscar didn't win. He got a triple double that year. That was, was the year triple triple double. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that year was in. I would. I would love to go back to one year in American history that has to do with sports and just watch all of those games in person. See, yeah, that that's where we differ as just the premier sport that we need to watch. Like, I still have to go watch the 1941 baseball season. 
1940s wasn't good for my people. I can't really be understanding. See, I, I would have been sneaking really. away to Kansas City and go watch the Monarchs and stuff too. Oh but. yeah, for sure, for sure. I gotta, I gotta see our home run king. I gotta see all that kind of Speaking stuff. Speaking of which, I, I gotta show you. We'll wait until after the podcast. I gotta show you the uh, the, the Satch card that came in. Oh, you got to, you got to, and yep. you got to show me the front of of Cool Papa's card. Okay, I will, I will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 1961-62 NBA season. Mm-hmm. Most valuable player. Uh, William Felton Russell, where's mm-hmm. the voting? Yeah, he averaged 18 points and I think 27 rebounds. I'm trying to see if good. he shows up anywhere in the league leaders. And rebounds, I think he does. I think he's uh, def- defensive win shares. Oh, I was just I wasn't even a stat back then. No, you don't give a new stat. <laughs> no, go with the stats back then because blocks. Know, he didn't lead the league in anything. <laughs> I know he didn't lead the league in anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's what I was looking for. Um, I mean, yeah, just look, who was the all NBA first team? Elgin Baylor, which with the stats that we just went through, so adjusted for inflation. And 32 games. Yep. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, who that year, uh, 50 points per game, 25 re- or 26 <laughs> rebounds will round up, playing more, more than 48 minutes a game. <laughs> more than 48 minutes a game Dude, you know how hard it is for me to watch Joel Embiid play more than 30 minutes a game and will average more than 48 48 and a half point minutes a game played all 80 games that's crazy uh, I don't think we need to adjust I don't think he would have been taking like three so we're not going to adjust for inflation there Bob Pettit what did Bob Pettit do that year Bob Pettit I think fun fact about Bob Pettit I believe he's the first league MVP ever I believe that is correct I'm not no, going to fact check it, but I believe that's correct. He won the MVP no, twice. Uh, 31 and 19 for him that year. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's, it, it's like, eh. you know, Might you work. look at those other guys. It's all right. By the way, Bill Russell wasn't even on all NBA first. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> and he was the MVP. <laughs> Duh. Look at those stats. <laughs> Oscar Robertson that year. Uh, 31. He averaged a a triple-double, averaging 31. Yeah, 31 points, 11.5 assists, 12.5 rebounds. Uh, And no three-point line again. He he missed a game, though, so he's he's excluded. (laughs) Uh, Probably what they did to him. They was like, you're not going to play all 80? And then the logo. The logo. Oh, he missed five games. That's probably why. I mean, yeah, this guy's a bum. 31, eight rebounds and and 5.5 assists. Sucks. Oh, well, adjusted for inflation, call it. 37 especially because he was shooting threes back yeah he was he was was (laughs) but are are we ever going to admit that the nba logo jerry was shooting threes because he was a slow white dude who couldn't get past anybody we're not going to ever really go to that point we're going to act like he just wanted to throw it up from 30 (laughs) he wasn't getting to the rim he wasn't getting to the rim with bill russell havla check wilt chamberlain bot petted in the lane he was like man please i'm shooting from right here elgin bailey go get that rebound because I want to see the voting because I don't want to see the results. I want to see the voting. So I feel I like that, who had a vote. No, I want to see who had a vote. Was it all okay. Massachusetts people? Like, was it all like, oh, oh like who, like who was actually voting or who received a vote? Who was voting? I need to know who the yeah, hell was. I don't know. I don't know if Fastball Reference has that. Uh, but so l- let's just go up the list. How about that? Somehow it was Bill Simmons. Yes, <laughs> or his, or his someone in his family, or Jackie um, McMullen. Uh, shout out to Jackie McMullen. She's cool. I love me some Jackie. Uh, Bob Cousy finished eighth. So we're starting out strong already. Yeah. Um, wait, 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 wait. Imagine Bob Cousy eighth on any list that he's included in. That's a way, crazy list. You know what's so funny is like 
if, if someone had his numbers, like the numbers he had that year, if you saw them in today's, you'd be like, oh, like a, maybe a solid six man, like pretty, pretty good assist numbers, but like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And on this list, he's like, how the fuck did this guy get any votes? 15.7 points per game, three and a half boards a game, under eight assists per game. Well, how, wasn't he old though at that point? He was 33. Yeah, so yes. old for back then. I mean, compared to the other guys, he was comfortable. But also, that stuff. showed the bias towards the Celtics, that that yeah. guy is ace. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he runs them. It's like, well, he can't dribble with his left, but boy, when he's in that right hand. That that footage of him dribbling in a circle, in a complete 360, I am Without not switching you, I, hands a single time. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. When I saw that footage, I was like, how the fuck do they dare keep us out there? NBA? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then even even when they were like, okay, we can let black people play. Not allowed to dunk though. Yeah, like, don't be dunking. Like you can't even dribble with your left, and I can't dunk. All right, number seven, Richie Guerin uh, from the Knicks. Guerin was a beast. Yeah, I mean these numbers. These are like LeBron numbers: twenty nine and a half, six and a half, and seven. All right, when we gonna start talking about the fact that they didn't play defense in the sixties? But yeah, continue. <laughs> Everybody uh, can't average 30. Like, yeah. if everybody's averaging 30, there's a problem in the system. Yeah, Bob Pettit, we went over his 31, 19. I'm just going to round up. 31, 19, and four. Uh, Jerry West had 39. I am a little – I mean, I guess I'm I'm a little surprised Jerry West had more rebounds than assists. The only reason I wouldn't be surprised at that like is because – I, I don't think he person. was a passer. He was, he was like, yeah. oh, I'm he was the point. He was the point guard, but the only person who would be passing to – Gail Goodrich or, or Wilt. Well, or not wasn't, what, what wasn't there yet. Yeah, he was still with the Warriors, but Elgin. he would be passing. He would be passing to Elgin. Elgin and Elgin 20, wasn't there. He <laughs> thirty-two games. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really what it was. He was like, "Well, Elgin ain't here. I'm getting buckets." And they didn't. They didn't count blocks, and they didn't count blocks back then. So yeah, like, no imagine, blocks, no steals. Dude, imagine. Yeah, it's that. like Bill Russell probably averaged a triple double. Yeah. Well, Chamberlain probably averaged a quadruple double. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. When you think about Wilt and Bill, they were probably averaging closer to quadruple double. Elgin probably averaged a, yeah. a triple double. Yeah. Yeah. So then it was Elgin at four. Which yeah, like, I thought he was four. I thought he was four. Which, which like, frankly, if you were to say that, if like, just think about what how great you have to play to be like, to oh, you missed half games. the season. Yeah, no, you're still like in the MVP hunt. You're you're, you're top four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Isaiah Thomas had to play one of the greatest single seasons of a Celtics point guard that I've seen, and he was like fifth. Dude, Will Chamberlain had to play more minutes per game than were actually in the game <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> to be second, and, and and he got the third most first place votes. People hated <laughs> Will. People hated Will. I, I didn't. To this, I didn't know Oscar Robertson, who finished third overall, had more first place votes than Will. They hated Will. Yo, there's no way. Because <laughs> he slept with he slept with all of their wives. <laughs> yeah, he slept with their wives. Ain't no way that you can be like, oh, which, who's 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 Philadelphia seven X jersey is this? Speaking huh? of which, but before we before we transition to how much we're gonna talk about Will, because we're getting there. <laughs> While we're talking MVPs, we didn't really talk about Steve Nash. So shout out to Steve Nash once again. Um, we didn't talk about Steve Nash. We talked about how washed he was with the Lakers. No, I didn't. About- I didn't care for that being the rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about him. One of the most versatile sportsmen of the 21st century. There's not many basketball players that know how to kick a soccer ball right. African-American. Mm-hmm. Like he's, and Canadian. 
So I, he I, can, I, I, you know, he can play hockey too. That's what I'm calling American because that's North America, African American, <laughs> born in South Africa, <laughs> raised in Canada, yep. African American. You know, he, he's part 50, of 50-40-90, light work. Basically, you know, like, almost 50-40-90 for his career, which is He probably crazy. didn't deserve any, either one of those MVPs, especially the second one. You know what I mean? It probably, probably should have went to Kobe, and the 8 one probably should have went to Chris Paul, but here we are. Five-time five assist champ. They probably would have made it to the, the finals end. if Robert Horry didn't hip-check him. I, I wish that there was a little bit more social media back when him and Dirk were in their early Mavs days. I think it would have been funny. Because I feel like you ever see some of those pictures of them partying? They yeah. got after it, which. That's because they had bad haircuts and weren't from this country. So they did whatever they wanted to do. Like, yeah. it was and, like, uh, and their owner was like their age. It's like everybody. <laughs> it's like every American in Europe. When they go on like a Europe trip, they like, oh. Yeah. Also, like, it. how, how old was Mark Cuban at that point? Like 40? I don't even think he was 40. So he he's, 60 t- he's 62 now. I think it was late so he- 30s. No, no he would have been yeah, like yeah, early, early to mid 40s, right? Because they were on the same team because Dirk got drafted in 97. Yeah, Nash. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Nash came in 98. So let's okay. look at 98. So I'm, th- I'm 30 right now, and I was born in 90. Yeah. So Cuban's 62 now. So if we go back 21 years, call it. Yeah, he was like 40. That's insane. And he, he like, he was just, yeah. He, and he was pretty new to the team. So, like, yeah, they were just partying all the time. Also, I think some of those early 2000s Mavs teams don't get talked about nearly enough for some of their very underappreciated great players. Uh, they, they underperformed, though. That's why. It is. But it's like I've, I don't think I've heard Josh Howard be talked about since that. Josh Howard was a beast. He was a beast. Um, My man Michael Finley. As Mike you know Finley, as we, we've, we've discussed. Marquise Daniels, who was in the league for a while. Marquise Daniels don't get no mention on this on this podcast except about when Iverson crossing twice in yeah. one crossover. <laughs> no, no, Marquise wasn't that Anto- No, that was Antonio Daniels. That was Antonio. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Antonio. I think Marquise was. Oh, yeah, it was Antonio. Yeah, because he was with the Wizards. Well, damn to all the Daniels. All right, they're all uh... <laughs> damn to all the Daniels. Uh, yeah. So okay, I I got my my Steve Nash love off. Um, my favorite player of all time. Let's talk about the man with 20,000 suitors, 100 points in a night, and more minutes than there are in the game. And let the league and assist one year. Don't let them forget that, Wilt. Wilt Chamberlain. He got bored that year and he wanted to do something <laughs> different. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still on the NBA scoring, too. But Probably. <laughs> the man nobody wants to give him his credit for, even though every other player – who actually won anything gets their credit for playing in that era. <laughs> like that's one of the things that always annoys me because when they talk about Will, they're like, man, there was only like eight teams. He was the tallest player, yada, yada, yada. But we give credit to a team that had 13 Hall of Famers on the roster with only 12 people. And I'm like, come on, man. Like we got it. We got, we going, we get, we gave Jerry West the logo. He didn't win the championship till Wilt went over there with him. Like we got to give him, he had Elgin. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you name the second best player on any Will Chamberlain teams outside of the Lakers? Like Paul Ayerson, maybe? Paul Reason? Paul Reason, yeah. You know he's not that good if you can't get his name right. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I bangs with Paul Reason. But, like, that shows you what he was working against. 20,000 bodies he's caught. And I ain't talking about NBA stats. Um, 
the all-time leading leaguer, league leader in points when he retired and average when he retired. His bad year was most Hall of Famers' best years. I was going to say, he also, I think, leads uh, – he has probably leads all of NBA history. Not probably, definitely. In rules changed to nerf his ability. Yeah. They were like, hey, listen, goaltender. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, listen, get out the lane. Hey, 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 what you doing over there? Offensive five. I was like, whoa. Where's all of these rules when they had the peach basket? <laughs> like, and, and, and the thing about Wilt, too, that I don't think he gets enough credit for, Wilt Chamberlain is arguably America's greatest athlete. Putting it out there, arguably America's greatest athlete. He was, a, he was a track star in Pennsylvania. He held the long jump record until Steve Slayton beat it when I was in high school in the mid-2000s. He was also very underappreciated, man. Oh, I love Steve Slayton. Wilt Chamberlain, he killed us in football. Conwell Egan. Wilt Chamberlain was strong as an ox, swift as a forward and a guard, and never got hurt. Let me say that again. Wilt Chamberlain was a legitimate seven-footer who was almost 300 pounds, never got hurt, and I'm pretty sure he only retired because he was bored. Like, he was still putting up numbers when he was and old. And he was a globetrotter. Yeah. He, he was a globetrotter, too. Kansas' own globetrotter, 20,000 women he allegedly had sex with, even though I don't think it's alleged, scored 100 points in one game in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Most of y'all never even heard of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Wilt Chamberlain was a different kind of dude, and legend has it. I can talk about Wilt Chamberlain all night, so I'm going to stop it here. Legend has it that the reason why he asked to be traded from the Sixers was because they forced the Sixers to play the same day MLK was assassinated. And he said, I'll never play for you again. And he got traded to the Lakers because he felt, he's like, we should take this off. We should not be playing. And they were like, no, you're on to play. Like you have no choice. And he was like, if you make me play, I'll never play for you again. And he got traded to the Lakers because it made no sense for the Sixers to trade him to the Lakers because the Lakers were still one of our rivals. Like, like the Sixers for all of the flack we get, we are, probably the fifth greatest fourth or fifth greatest franchise in NBA history when it comes to prestige wins were definitely top five hall of famers all of that kind of stuff and if you count in I know you can't count it because the Warriors are a different franchise but that was in Philadelphia too so like we are very a prestigious basketball city so the fact we lost Philadelphia's main son for possibly political reasons kind of tells you that even back then the game was about politics more than talent I'm trying to look for any good stories from when he was at Overbrook. I, I also think it's kind of weird. It's like you he's see from, the documentary. You he's, see the documentary he's from right? West Philly and died in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's literally the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Dude, you got to watch. There's a weird doc. It's not. It's kind of weird. It's probably like a 30 something minute documentary about him. And they talk about him in West. They talk about him before he got to the NBA. So that's his whole thing. They talk about him like that. And this, they, the Bo Jackson like stories. They was like, oh, yeah. yeah, Will Chamberlain used to be a camp counselor and he would lift the trees up so that we can water them. Like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't it, just sneak a tree it, in there. I was going to say, insert the Kevin Hart bit. We're not going to go past this. Like, you didn't say what you just said. <laughs> Dude, it was like he was a bellhop. Yo, Ivan, no lie. They was like, I knew this one, yeah. for a for a hotel. And he used to pick the cart up and put it on his back with everybody's bags on and walk it up the steps instead of putting it in the elevator. Yeah. I was like, what? I've heard that one. <laughs> like, what the what in the humane stuff are y'all talking about? Who bred Will Chamberlain? Will Chamberlain wasn't was I've never seen Will Chamberlain's family. Have you? No. I've it, never seen he Will was, Apparently, he had, uh, per his Wikipedia, he was six foot tall at age 10 and 6'11 as a freshman in high school. 
dog. No, that's imagine, not, his, that's imagine his baller's life. <laughs> his baller's life mixtape when he, when he would have been in high school. Dog. He would have been like sitting would've... on the bench, just like, yep, no, no, it's just an, another score. It, 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 it's not fair. That's not a that's not a real person. Will no. Chamberlain is was, was was a Martian that we didn't check his blood type for. I've never seen him bleed. He has sex with twenty thousand plus women. He don't have no kids. Yeah, Magic Johnson's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you dig? Like he was wearing he was wearing tank tops to the to the to the to the, uh, to the NBA fiftieth anniversary with the top fifty players. He was out there in a tank top, oiled up, hawked out, giving the ball to 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 uh, what's his name? Gave the ball to Kareem. Yeah, in his later years, he looked like he was having way more fun than Bill Russell was. He was having way <laughs> too much fun. Dog. I think everybody looked at that like, wouldn't go last. Like, I, I think <laughs> I, you, you know how I know we've talked about Bill Russell before, where it's like you're like, man, he's seen some shit. I think he also picked up like all of Wilt shit somehow. <laughs> like, all the years Wilt lived have been added on to Bill Russell. <laughs> well, Wilt died and just got added to Bill Russell. Yeah. Spend, like, listen, dog, somebody got to you, you robbed him of 11 championships. You got to take some. That was the deal with the devil. Yeah. Can you imagine that was a different play? Listen, whatever Wilt go through, I'll go through too, but he can't win. <laughs> hey, there's some true competitors out there. I'm, I'm going to say this last thing, man. It's going to be a sad fucking day when Bill Russell dies. Like, I know I, I talk about how I hate the Celtics, Philly, Sixers. I think Wilt was way better than all that kind of stuff. You know how I feel. But I, I genuinely love and respect what Bill Russell is, what he was, and what he means to America. And I'm like, and Bill Russell was like the oldest free slave for about 20 years now. He might outlive me. So I'm talking all this smack. He might be like, yo, that guy Maurice was kind of funny. Well, like when I die, like he might be speaking at the funeral or something happens. But like, it's, we don't have too many, we don't have too many Bill Russells left. I'm so glad that they finally put up maybe the most overdue statue for him. Like in any major city, like in terms of like, you know, there's not a lot of athletes that get statues. Bobby Orr had one outside the garden for like, as pretty much as long as I can remember, and Bill Russell got one like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. He's he, and he's up to be in the Hall of Fame for a coach this year. Yes, and we'll get it. I would have to imagine if he doesn't get it, uh, we riot. I'm down, <laughs> and it's in Massachusetts. Yeah. How do you not <laughs> back yeah. in the Hall of Fame as a coach in Massachusetts? The first, uh, yeah, we we we'll we'll do when he gets in. What we'll do an episode commemorating Bill Russell. I would love it. Bill Bill Russell, like, I can't say enough about it. Like, honestly, honestly speaking, I can spend more time talking about the athletes from the 60s, the 70s, and the 90s more than I can about the athletes of today overall. Like, I really can. Like, they they just mean so freaking much on the court, on the field, on the pitch, off the field, off the court, off the pitch. Like, it's it's just a different kind of person, man. Like it's such a different kind of person. Plus, like we're students of the culture of the game too. Yeah. We respect it. Like we respect each other's greatest players, even though we hate each other's teams. Yeah. And that's what's dope about our, our friendship because it's always been like that. Like I've never said Bill Russell was trash ever. The most I've did was try to hold him out the top 50 just to see how long we could do it before. <laughs> before he was I, like, I, I was ready right. to just stop making the list until you. Yeah. All right, dog. We're on 47. We talk- I mean, I mean, like, right, yeah, I mean to, to put this in perspective for anyone listening, we started this list on like a Friday night. 
Mm-hmm. And we finished, and we probably had 35 people done that night. We were like, yep, they're oh, yeah. on. Yeah, that was definite. We didn't finish the list for another month. Yes. That, that's a hard <laughs> 15 because we cut, we had, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm pretty sure our list got up to 70-something players. So we it was, cut. It was. I, I got to dig it up. I yeah, we, I think it was 70-something players. So we cut 20 to 30 people. And that's not even the people we mentioned. That's just the people we wrote down. Like, it was people we mentioned was like, yeah, they're great, but they're not on this list. Yeah. Like, there were people on the all t- all-time 50 list from the NBA that we were like, yeah, they're, nah, they're out now. Yeah, Paul Reason did not make it. I rooted for you, Paul. I don't, I don't think, yeah, he didn't get written down. I, I think, like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I, come I, on, I forget, did we put in, uh, like, Pettit and them and Mike in? We put, we put Pettit. I think we, we put, put them Mike on, up, yeah. And I think those are the only two from that generation. We're like, right. all right, we'll give them that. One. Yeah, Kuzi didn't make it. I don't think. No, Kuzi definitely didn't make Kuzi it. I don't think Kuzi made it. Nah. And it was nah, like, I yeah, think- like some of the names we were leaving off. Like I'm just thinking, like the Celtics, obviously. It was like I think Hondo made it though. Hondo made it. I think I don't think Mikhail made it. I don't I think, think Mikhail Parrish. made it. I cake for Mikhail. I was like, dog, because you tried to get Robert Parrish. And no, no, no. I wouldn't have said Parrish over Mikhail. So Parrish definitely didn't make it. I didn't think Mikhail made the cut. But then again, oh. we put. I think he made it over Paul. Did Paul Paris make it? Yeah, because Paul and Mello were like, all right, you know, how I feel like 45A, 45B. Because, you know, I think Paul has the greatest spin move in basketball history, but he's also the most overrated star of our generation. See, I think he's, because of social media, becoming underrated as a player because he's that not on social media. So I'll, t- yeah. I'll take your word. People love to clown on Pierce because he has bad basketball takes, which is fair. But I think it's making him now. Who doesn't have bad basketball takes? I don't know anybody who talks about basketball. Where I agree with them. Like, I look at them like, what are y'all talking about? Yeah, Paul's got some real bad ones, though. So, but, and then I, the other thing was like, well, I think he anybody probably who loves Antoine Walker is cool with me. Fair, fair. Another player on those early Mavs teams. So, um, but yeah, that, that, I mean, Wilt's one of the all time goats as an athlete. He's a, he's a different kind of dude. Played every minute of every game. Never got hurt. Led the league in assists, points, rebounds. Would have been blocked if there was a category for it. Probably has the most rules. Do you think that would have been the, the most fun, like, race in basketball would be who gets more blocks, like, every night? Just the block mm-hmm. race between Russell and Chamberlain? Yeah. I think that would have been way more fun than points or rebounds. Like, because that yeah. would have been ill. Because teams would have been like, I'm not shooting. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> star players after you know jerry west is averaging 18 shots a night against oh. everyone else probably more he's like oh, uh jerry why'd you shoot nine times tonight especially because back then i don't even think they had a shot clock when he scored 100 i doubt it so like you know how crazy it is that you got to 100 <laughs> like, yeah. and they know you're the one scoring yeah they, they could just dribble out the clock it, 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 it was like I, I remember like if you've seen more than a game, which I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. like I think uh the one team they played in the state championship, like LeBron's maybe junior year, just did that. Like they just dribbled out the clock basically the entire game. Yeah. And like we're gonna score like we're gonna be like 43 to 40. It was like the Butler Yukon so game, except oh that was so bad. Oh <laughs> ugh. ugh. That should that, those kind of games they both should lose. Like when the tournament's yeah. over, they're like, "No, you both out." All right, no, 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 cut down the nets. Give it to whoever won the third place game. We'll make one. But I can't, but I can't even get mad at it because Dean Smith basically pioneered that four corners. We'll run his whole thing out. 
We're gonna keep dribbling in this corner. If we if they double us, pass it to the other corner. We're gonna keep dribbling, and then we'll eventually get a layup. Like so, yeah. I can't. And and that's I mean, but all those old, great old coaches always had like the slimiest tricks. Not slimy, but it's like they were smarter. It's like the 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 old Boston Garden used to have tons of their stories about how like they were just dead spots, and Red Auerbach would just run them through practice and be like, okay, when you're moving your def- yeah, when you got your defender, you're just going to move them right there. You're going to move them to that dead spot. Now they got to pick up their dribble. Nothing can be done. So I think it's something that um, all of those great coaches, Dean Smith, you know, even the greats of today, um, you know, the ones that have those most wins, they're the ones that are finding a way uh, to work around that. Um, you know, but I think that, I mean, it's what separates the greats in anything is uh, a little more tactics than everyone else. So in your opinion, when, when people say the garden, but they talk about the next, do you get offended? I don't get offended, but when I, I do, <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm like, man, fuck that building where y'all never win. See, here's I'm, the thing. Going, I'm going Boston. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you say that. So, cause I think more New Yorkers, it's just like, I'm going to call the, I'm going to call my garden, the garden. I'm not going to say the Boston garden usually. I did there, but usually I just, I'm like, yeah, they play at the garden. And then if someone okay. wants to correct me, you'd be like, no, they, they play at the garden. Yeah, because I don't, you know me, I'm Philly through and through. So I don't even like New York. So like, I don't like the pretentiousness of people thinking that they can own something just because the Mecca of what rats, unemployment and bad sports. Yeah, Get out the, of my face, man. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we, we know what the real meccas of basketball in New York are. It's and, not and Madison Square Garden. No. It's the park. It's a little thing called the Screets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to, to Charlemagne, the Screets. The Screets. And there's only one team that plays in the state of New York, and it's the Bills. All these other teams play in Jersey. Don't even – don't give me even start. Like, y'all don't even oh, – no. Well, well, they got the Sabres. I said football teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. no. So, like, how how are you looking at me? Like, every when I grew up, I've been my entire childhood, I didn't know that those were considered New York teams. I used to call them the New Jersey Jets. I used to call them the New Jersey. Which feels Giants. so much more disrespectful, which makes it so much more fun. I know, right? As a Philadelphia, <laughs> I'm like, you mean like I literally I used to play Madden in the nineties and be like, Where's the New Jersey Jets? And they're like, What? I'm like the New Jersey Jets. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm worried for our guy Prime right now. We're, we're, I'm watching this live Jackson State. I believe this is live. Unless I'm, he lost his first game last week. Oh, so that's this game. Okay, my bad. <laughs> man, spoiler. I mean, it's two. Did you were watching it live? It was just on ESPN, so I put it on. Maybe no, maybe that's a different game because you know they're playing. No, HBCUs are playing a different schedule. Yeah, I know, but it says Jackson State's three and zero. Ah, uh, shout out to Prime though. <laughs> oh, yo, my bad, man. <laughs> I don't like when nobody does that to me. I had no clue that that was going on. Yeah, I mean, I they do play a weird schedule, so it was very possible that the game was on. Damn, yeah, he lost. <laughs> hey, Prime, do, Prime does never lose though. Oh man, come on, Prime time all day. Speaking of Prime time, um, and the greatest defender in NBA history, NBA in NFL history, that was not. On the line, in my Eddie personal Bruce opinion, I didn't say brain aneurysm. I said greatest defender. Oh, not brain aneurysm. Stroke, first of all. 
I thought he had a brain aneurysm too. No, I think just a couple strokes. Just a couple. <laughs> just a couple. Just a few. Uh, so tomorrow I get vaccinated, right? And I'm very weary about it because I, you know, I have blood disorder and they don't really care about people with blood disorder. So we'll see how this whole thing. And I might get the one hit or quarter. Um, so I'm thinking about the defending of my assets. And, you know, I might be writing a, a little living will and testament later on, <laughs> just in case things go a little left. Um, if there's anything you would like, <laughs> feel free to text me after the show. <laughs> I would like, uh, yeah. My PS5 I'll, I'll, should be delivered in April. Okay, so that, that's a good one. I'll take that. <laughs> that, that wasn't on the list. I was just going to take your entire catalog. Ooh. If you, if you promote it, I'll give it to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I can do what I do, but I mean, also, I feel like the, have, it sells better to be, you know, posthumous, though, you know? Yeah, dead rappers get the best publicity. We all know that. Yeah. It's insane. It's sad. It's disgusting, but... <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the truth. Like, it's absolutely the truth. I Juice Bill sold over 100,000 albums with his album that came out when he right before he died, and his album that came out after he died sold 500,000 in the first week. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, that's disgusting. And I think we're the only genre where that's the case. Like, I don't think people listen to dead country singers at a higher level than they listen to living country singers. I don't think they listen to dead metal artists at a higher level than they listen to living metal artists. Like, I mean, the the only story I know about very successful posthumous country music was Elvis. And I think it's fair to say he had a little bit of a legacy going before he transitioned to country anyways. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Just that, a that's touch. a little different. Or, yeah. or, uh, yeah. I th- honestly, that might you might be right. That might be the only one that I can because if you look at the dead estates, it's the Michael Jacksons, the Princes, mm-hmm. um, people like that, like the uh, what's it called, the Ray Charleses, and some. And the Elvis is always like two or three, but like it's usually like pop music. There's, there's not many young deaths. Mm, and rap it is. <laughs> well, no, no, but, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. In, in other genres. Oh, in other genres? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's sad. You that, know, you got, that you know, the few, you know, the Cobains. Um, oh, that, uh, wait, 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 wait. We 27 is also separate. different than 20. And we got to separate suicide from like other forms of losing your life, I think. That's fair. That's fair. That, that's like, I think that's one of those things where. You will want to know why somebody committed suicide, so you're probably going to listen to their music. You're probably going to buy them. Yeah, I, guess, I think it's, that's that's different. But like, if I get gunned down, there's nothing to say about that, really, because yep. I didn't have a, a stake in it, probably. That's fair. I, I'm just thinking um, others, even in the 27 Club, just because that'll give me a Winehouse. I can name them: Amy Winehouse, yep, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. My girl, who dated Jimi Hendrix, who I love dearly, who had one of the craziest voices in rock and roll history. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I'm, I was actually on Jimi Hendrix right now. Um, let's see. Uh, it's not coming to me. I, I know when you say it, I feel like I'll recognize it, but. I'm not going to give it to you. Then we're going to keep going down this, this rabbit list, rabbit hole of 27. I mean, he he was 26, so he didn't make the Zoom 27 club. But Mac Miller was 26. Um, there, uh, what's the dude from the Jim Morrison? S- 
Yeah, I said Jim Morrison. Oh, uh, oh we said Vicious. Was it Vicious 27? Uh, when he OD'd? I don't see him on the list. Okay, so he might have been younger because he was a young guy when he od which is a crazy story if you never looked into it with Nancy. Uh, I think it's Spelgren. Sid Vicious, yeah, it's crazy. Because the Sex Pistols are actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without Sid Vicious. I didn't know they can do that. I didn't know they could take members out of a group and put really? you into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they're in the because he wasn't there because he died so young. So they put they put him in and then they only picked certain years where he wasn't there. That seems that seems shady because everybody knew the name Sid Vicious. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah, I think it's because like, were you gonna death. not put, if you you put in Nirvana now just without? Kurt Cobain. But like, I think it's because he was suspected of murdering his girlfriend and then he died of an overdose. So I think they just was like, mm, let's just do this after that. But everybody knew the sex business because of Sid Vicious. Like he was he was the outrageous person in the front. He was crazy. He was wild. He was a druggie. So like he was the face of the band, even though he didn't last long with the band. Yeah, it just feels like a weird Omission. It feels fucked up. No, it feels yeah. fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not caping for it. But if somebody was like, we're going to put NWA in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we're going to take Easy e out because he died of AIDS, I'd be like, what are you talking about, bro? No. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to be in an office at, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they have Ren, Yella, Dre, and Ice Cube be like, all right, we're going to induct you. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to leave Eric out. <laughs> you call him Eric? Yeah, Like I'm just imagining like all the mean mugs that Cube has given his entire life. Dude, just I think Cube came out the meanest one. Yeah, I think so too. He's like the meanest one there. What do you think about the super group that he's in? What super group? I miss Mount Westmore. Two short E40 Ice Cube Snoop Dogg. Album comes out April. I hadn't heard about this. They have five albums allegedly, like ready. That doesn't shock me. Mount Westmore is uh, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, yeah. E40, Too Short. That's dope. That's crazy, dude. Like that is insane. That's insane. Like I see you cheesing, people can't see it. We have I, re- re- all the smolders. I, I, I just I'm I'm reading just the news article. We have recorded somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty songs. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, first I'm too short. I saw an interview too short last week, and he said the album should be coming out early April. Yep, that the is first what, one. the first that, one. That's what it says here. Yeah, volume one. <laughs> oh, way, that's <laughs> such a better volume? word. Yeah, when you say volume instead of the first album, that that's different. That's a different different word. Um, I was gonna say the other thing. When does this come out? I also would love your take on uh, how people are now trying to cancel Eminem again. But that's a different conversation we can have after you tell me what you what you were looking into. I was gonna say I know they're that movie that we once watched, Blind Spotting. They're making a TV series on it now. Oh, they are. I didn't know Th- that. They are um, different characters, I believe, but some sort of relationship between the two. Like I know David Diggs is involved in it, but I don't know if they've announced when it's coming out. I think they said this year. So uh, it looks like May sixth. So we'll, we'll probably have to. We had a ball watching that movie. That was like, that was a lot of fun. That, that was a great night. What what did we watch? We uh, because that was the upside. We watched that night, mm-hmm. and then that movie. 
And then, and then I think we, we closed it off with Civil War too. All yeah, the same night. Yeah. which is my top three Marvel movie. Yep, yep. As we've as we've Love discussed, Civil yeah. Love Civil War. Do you do you think that? What do you think is has the most has the bigger impact on society in 2021? And this is for this is currently and projecting. Okay. The news, movies, and TV shows, or music. Um, I think right now for better, so when you say the news, are you talking about like, does people reacting to the news on social media count? Or are you talking like just actual viewership of the news? Both, both. Just the same okay. way if people don't listen to actually a song, but they see a headline and they're like, how dare he do this and say this? Or somebody okay. don't watch a movie, but they allegedly say I think it's, it's still, I think it's the news just because of the polarizing uh, tribal nature of politics in America today. And I think mm. people are more aware of what they, whether they truly believe things or even if they perceive um to believe something without actually knowing things because they just want to be involved. I feel like people are more politically conscious or trying to be more politically conscious than in years past. Um, Mm. So I feel like more people are tuned into that. But Um, but quick quick retort. Do you think that that will continue now that Biden's in office or was that something because people felt like they had to be because they didn't agree with what Trump was doing? I think it'll continue. People fell asleep in Obama's second year, second term. Like people, I, yeah, people no, like, I think so. How is he doing? But but, but I think there's it's be, it's there's been such a progression of toxicity regression and or progression. Oh. Uh, regression, I guess, if if we want to look at it that way, which is probably the more fair way of looking at it. Where it's now just fully tribalism of even you look at now with masks or uh, you know seven mass shootings in the last seven days. Like there's more events and circumstances that are very political right now. If things got back to like where in Obama's second term, it was like it didn't feel like there was too much going on on a given day. Um, and it was like feeling a little more chill. I could see it getting more lax, but I think people just there's a certain element of politics now that it's less about belief in your political party or political belief than it is pure and utter disdain and hatred for the other side. And I think that's created an even more tribal line um, that's made it even more argumentative and and violent in nature, that Mm. it's harder for the people that are now, for lack of a better word, addicted to that conflict. They can't get out of that now. Mm. And so now, now they look for any avenue for that. I know people like that on both sides of the aisle that they're so addicted to that um, clash that they look for uh, reasons to get upset. Like even to the point where um, when Oral Roberts beat Ohio state in the tournament, Mm -hmm. uh, there's someone that I know he sent a, he sent a tweet to our our group chat and it was just someone complaining. It was like, um, Oh, you know, as, as glad as I am that there's a, an upset in March Madness, did it have to be Oral Roberts, you know, being such a Christian evangelical school? Which that alone, you'd be like, okay, you know, I, I get where they're coming from. But the thing that's toxic about it was this friend of mine, there was no engagement on that tweet. 
not a single reply, not a single retweet, not a single like. <laughs> he he seeked that out that tweet. You. That will humble you. Yes, but no, no, but he seeked out that tweet and had. Well, he searched. didn't send it. He found it. Yeah, he found it. No, he because he had searched Oral Roberts Christian because he wanted to see people outraged so that he could go back against it. It's, see, it's that it's that's where it gets toxic in that. You're not looking for ways to support your arguments. You're now just looking for ways to beat down the other side. I, I disagree with you, though, Ivan, because I think that's how people think they're supporting their arguments, even though that makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like, I think people believe me beating down what you believe in is giving credence to what I believe in, even though articulating what you believe in has nothing to do with you beating down what I believe in a lot of times. Like, one of the greatest gifts, and all of my exes would probably disagree with me. But one of the greatest gifts of being an adult is agreeing to disagree, but not holding actually any feelings behind it. Like, I think that we as, a, as, as, as adults have the ability and the capability to agree to disagree and do it in a respectful way, unless, big unless, unless what I'm, what I'm a, a, um, disagreeing with directly imposes on me existing. Yeah, That's it's like kind of like the doctor rules of like, you know, doctor could have confidentiality unless it's really going to threaten someone's life or, or way of life. I think that's a priest. Uh, no, they did a lot of things that fucked with people's lives. No, I mean like confidentiality, like if you gave confession, but if it's a crime. No, but I'm saying like, you know, if you talk in a mental health session. It's like, yeah, we're going to keep it. Oh, those types of doctors. They're right. Okay. I, yeah, I was yeah, like, sorry, I was sorry. like, when is a medical doctor? <laughs> I yeah, was okay, like, okay, fair, 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 fair. Hey, doc, I got the chicken pot. Who are you trying to give them to? But hold yeah. on. Why you? <laughs> I thought you. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Therapist. Yep. 100%. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I, I think it's something, and I, you know, because I mean, there's, I, I feel very blessed to be able to kind of be in that same lane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's friends of mine. I, you know, I won't say names, but you know you know them where it's like i don't agree with probably 90 percent of their politics but we can have and, I, and, I, and i've been around if i believe the people you're talking about i've been around them and they've always treated me with the utmost, utmost respect yeah. even though they know i don't agree with it yeah yeah and no, that's we can kill and, and, I, and i'd take a bullet for world. these people and i think they would be likewise you know where it's yeah, like and, you know we can live we, in that world because we respect each other as humans you know what i mean right. and in my personal opinion if it's the same people i think about that you're talking about We've had open conversations about what we both believe and not trying to edge the person towards what we believe, but just to express how I feel or how they feel about certain situations. And it's been love. You know what I mean? And I think that yeah, that's what I, I believe in most is I want like, I, I OK, I, I want to be careful. I says, don't try and convince me that what I currently believe is wrong. But yes, I want you to share your side of it so that I can expand my knowledge of the situation and yeah, there's definitely stuff where I've been like, okay, maybe I was a little, f- you know, closer to this than I thought I was, mm-hmm. or maybe I believe a little bit less in this now with some of this new information that you provided me. It's like, that's what civil discourse should be. And, and really any discourse is ex- it broadening the mind instead of, you know, just bashing it and not being willing to listen. You know, that that's the biggest issue culturally, I think now in any form. Is it's it's too quick to be like no done, cut it, versus like okay can we talk this out the same way, you know you you mentioned you know this is a little different but to transition a little bit like the M M&M and M stuff, mm-hmm. there's like you're trying to cancel M M&M. and like you you didn't see M M&M. and <laughs> M, you didn't get Kim M M&M. and M. 
Right. <laughs> no, like it's just so crazy. It's like there's become this addiction. Also, um, love that he dropped a tone deaf lyric video right after they said we're kind of. was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> he's dude. He's built different. He's built different. Different kind of dude because he he genuinely he said in his music just don't give a fuck, and and I think that us as people have to start not giving a fuck. Like one of the reasons I got rid of all my social media is because I started doing stuff for social media instead of doing stuff and and sharing it on social media. Mm-hmm. And I was I was worried about I would get not saying that this is a flex at all because it's not, but I'm a normal human being. So if I get 200 something people watching my, my Instagram stories, I feel good about that. And then I would scroll through who watched it and think about the people who didn't watch it. That's insane. That's literally yeah. insane. If anybody was like, I talked to 200 people today, like that's a lot of people. If I was like, you know, those three people I didn't talk to, you'd be like, you talk to 200 people. Right. Like, it's, it's a different. No, I'm not, yeah, I, 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 I've gotten better about not looking at that stuff, but it's just like and I think the other interesting thing with the Eminem um, cancellation um, <laughs> attempt the, cancellation. Yeah, attempted cancellation was it, it was interesting to see the people of our generation's reaction. And it was f- interesting to see how defensive. Wait, can, you explain, can you explain what? Because I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because so okay, so a lot of this stemmed, if I'm not mistaken, from TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Gen Z basically, and it was. <laughs> I laugh saying it. Uh, some of the Eminem lyrics from "Love the Way You Lie" with Rihanna. Yeah, yeah that was. Which was, is yeah. which is like. Chilled out. Sober Eminem. Oh, Eminem, <laughs> that's about a five. Like that was not Slim Shady Eminem. That's about a five. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Kim. James yeah, well, it wasn't quite River, but like it yeah. also wasn't. Hi kids, do you like violence? Abuse. Yeah, <laughs> but it is about domestic abuse. But it was it was so funny to see how triggered our generation was in responding to it, and maybe part of that is the people that are on TikTok or you know vocal on Twitter about these types of things, but they took like great offense to it. And, to, and to, every, wait, wait, to great offense to Gen Z trying to cancel yes, Eminem or that, yeah, in okay. defense of Eminem, being like, you're trying to cancel Eminem, no, millennials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, but it was interesting where it was like, like we should know, we, we don't need to defend Eminem. Like, Eminem is gonna slaughter these people if he wants to, probably, but, in real life too. but it was like people were like trying to make parodies, like, this is the lyric you're trying to cancel. You should listen to these old ones, you know, kind of like the way we have, which like there's some that are funny, but when it became a trend to become defensive of Eminem, where it's like, he doesn't need that. He, he wouldn't want you doing that, but it's like, you just wanted something to be a little bit outraged. Like it kind of felt that way. It was like you, you millennials now wanted a reason to be outraged. And this is what you've now chosen as your outlet to be and, and, way and too Eminem defensive of Eminem than you would never need to be. And that's one of those things where one of the reasons why I I don't believe in Gen Z and today prove me otherwise individually as opposed to a whole generation is because they don't look at context. If you actually wanted to cancel Eminem, you wouldn't mention Eminem because Eminem thrives off of people trying to cancel him throughout his entire, entire, entire career. So yep. if you're giving him light about how terrible he is, he's going to be more terrible because you're like, oh, now you notice? Good. He is he is what Jordan Belfort talked about. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard Jordan Belfort actually talk about when he, when Wolf Wall Street came out and he was like, some of the key things you should learn from my life is that if I try to sell you something and you tell me you don't want it, that means you're interested. 
because you were giving me the time of day to tell me that you don't want it, yep. which means I have I have your ear, I have your attention, which means I can sell you something. If you completely ignore me, then I believe you don't want it. So I'll move on to the next person. Right. And giving and it, anybody that inkling is hope. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And it was like, it's kind, that's kind of a good way to circle back. Like, that's kind of how it felt when I was watching millennials react, though, is I was like, why are we giving credence to these TikTok claims of like, we need to shut them down because of this lyric when we listen, we listen to the Marshall Mathers LP. Like we know what like O2 Eminem was, you know, uh, you know, just some of the shit that he would say, like, I'm just thinking through lyrics in my head. Like I am any, too. And I'm like, I'm not going to say them. Say, <laughs> like, I'm sitting here like, anyone that made the song guilty conscience, like, and that one's not even that bad. In in context of <laughs> it's pretty bad, but in the context of some of the other Does it ones, have hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right here on the spot there. <laughs> so she passes out. Forgot how she got here. Yeah, but I was like, even the tame ones back there, like uh, sit me there next to Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, better twist me chair. Like even so those types of Aaron Carsdelli. first. Yeah, so bitch, put me on blast on MTV. I should upload an audio track for MP3 and listen to the whole world how you give Eminem VD. Like that shit is crazy. I mean, yeah, or like if <laughs> I saw one where all they did was just play like a, a minute snippet from the warning, mm. <laughs> which was one of the most mean pieces of music ever put out. Eminem, Eminem spent. 10 years of his life talking about how he hated and wanted to kill his mother and his ex-wife. His album cover was him and his daughter burying them. And then the next album cover was him shaking in front of the house that he was raised in showing how abusive it was. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, maybe that's part of why our generation, you know, I think we've been through a lot, but maybe probably some of us are fucked up. Is, is I look but at Stan I, and I'm like, man, what a great song. But I think that I think that our generation stuck up for Marshall, not only because he's part of our generation, technically, but because it was because we went through life where you had to deal with people physically, physically Meet me at 3 PM. Bringing, bringing problems to your door. Yeah. Eminem's first some of Eminem's earliest music talks about him being bullied. Talks about him being um, fed mad. Talks about him being yeah, Go listen like, to the infinite era. Yeah, you know, so like I think that we identify with being in a struggle. Like, for instance, I have met many people who have uh, substance use disorders. Like many, like many, many people. Some people have died. Some people are still alive. Some people it's a lineage thing. If you looked at that on paper, you'd be like, we got to get these people help. But when you look deeper and be like, what were their lives like? You would not even feel bad that they're using substances because you'd be like, how do you deal with this shit that you got to deal with every day without doing something? And I think that we erase that. I think we believe everybody is even killed when they wake up in the morning, not realizing that depression is real, not realizing that trauma is real, not realizing that just to get out of bed for some people takes every fiber in their being. And when that, that happens, yeah. And when that happens, what are you doing to actually stay engaged? What are you doing? Like some people do drugs just to be normal. And I don't think people realize that because it doesn't sound normal to them. But when you've been through so much fucked up shit, what your normal is abnormal to people. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely true. And, and like even in some of the tough shit that I've dealt with in the last year in myself, like what did I go back to? I went back to like 
you know, it was like the music was the channel. And I think it was so big for so many people of our generation. I was like, I went back and listened to early, like angsty Eminem. I went back and went back to the, you know, Blink-182, all-time low, like that pop I'm his punk. friend, and he just bought my album for the first time two weeks ago, and he actually made the cover R4, and it came out in 2019. But continue, Ivan, what you were talking about? I had the early cuts. Let's not forget that. That's what I've been listening to and bumping in the car. I want to hear the raw thing. A.K.A. he got the free versions, and he was We're going to edit this out. We're going to edit this out. Hi, kids. Do you No, but it's like, you know, like, that's what we went to. Like, there was no other... I think that's an interesting thing. I hadn't actually thought about it from that angle until just now. We had a very limited means of escapism. Mm-hmm. They, you know, people that are coming up now that are 15, 16, even up to my brother's age, you know, who's 20, like they, they were just able to engulf themselves in technology. That was their escapism. Mm-hmm. We had like, we didn't have iPods, like, I mean, like iPods were out, but like we didn't have iPods like in plenties. Mm-mm. Like it was like, you know, I was I walking around with my Walkman. I, I had the Walkman. My, my, my I'll never it's forget. It Walkman. Yeah. The, the first couple songs I ever bought on my iPod, because I had an iPod early. You know, I was pretty lucky. Um, I got one when I got to college. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be, I, I got the first iPod Nano. So like, it was like 05, 06. I had an iPod I Nano with the video though. Ooh, video yeah. recording. Yeah. That was a good one. But yeah, I had a 06. I think the first songs I bought to date it a little bit were the clean, because of my age, the clean version of Gold Digger by Trash. Kanye. Uh, the explicit version of Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I'm pretty sure there's one swear. Dope. Dope. Um, what what else was on there? I'm sure I could look it up on iTunes. That'd be a fun one to go back through some of like the early. <laughs> I, like, like, there was probably some crazy shit back then, but like that was what we had. It was that, or you go out, skin your knee. Like that's the thing that this generation doesn't have is skin your knee. Like they go out, play it, football in the street. Of it. They know they have it, but they don't want to take it. Yeah, no, they can do it. They can do it. Yeah. I think we got they to stop know to. like they don't have access. They have more access mm-hmm. than anybody in the history of civilization, but they're choosing not to take advantage of it. So I don't look at it as how, like, what are you going to do about it? I look at it as you're choosing not yeah. to take advantage of these things. Like I agree. I think yeah. part of them don't know that they're as important as they are, though. I, th- I think that's part of it is I think they know they can do it. I don't think they realize what it actually gives you. But I also put that on on whoever is raising them, but also put that's that fair. on them because we didn't know it was important until after the fact. Like, yeah, we just got kicked out of the house. Yeah. yeah, when my family told me to go outside and play, there's certain I couldn't go past the corner of either end of the block. And they wanted me outside, so I wasn't in the house playing video games the whole time. Little did they know that I could be a millionaire playing video games if they actually supported my dreams. But <laughs> neither here nor there. But I think that that's what's important. We made those things important because we learned lessons from them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the generation is learning lessons from the things that they're doing. Like, I don't know. No, a lot of it's very mindless. Yeah, I don't know if 10 years from now they're going to look at trolling and learn a lesson from it. I don't know if 10 years from now they're going to look at cancel culture and learn a lesson from it. I don't know if 10 years from now they're going to look at these absolutist type of identities and values, like like no matter what you gotta believe this person who says something happened, as opposed to being like, I believe evidence, I believe facts, I believe these things. Like we're not even believing science anymore. We're not even mm-hmm. believing the judicial process, which is inherently screwed up, but we are just jumping straight up to whoever has the loudest voice. And to me, I don't know if they're gonna gain lessons from those things 
more than we actually suffer from them in the moment. Like, I think that when we grew up, it kind of evened out. It was like the shit that we fucked up with, we learned lessons from it and we're trying to make things better for some of us, mm-hmm. hopefully for the majority of us. I don't know if this is the generation of that because I don't think that this generation values life over death at all. I think they think it's cool to die young. I think they accept it and it is what it is. I don't think that people are actually genuinely making people deal with the consequences of their actions. Like when we grew up, you say something about somebody, you might get your ass beat. Like it's just is what it is. So like you got to deal with it, whether it comes or not, or meet me at three o'clock. You know how that shit goes. Um, I think that I also don't think don't, don't this generation understands the respect that you give somebody who's just an elder, like just off the rip. Like it's not even about like I know you, like I'm gonna hold the door for you. Okay, I'm boomer. Help you cross the street. I'm gonna do I haven't seen a person help an older person cross the street since I did it when yeah. I was in high school. I, I couldn't say. And, and, you know, I've probably been bad about it where it's like I've probably looked at it and been like, I could do that, but I won't. Like, I, I feel like that's that's what I feel like I've, I'm on a very weird line. Like, I feel like people that are like right exactly my age mm-hmm. are. We just barely remember what came before. And we were also like the first ones to be sometimes like. Like literally, my you know, I was born in '95. Yeah, you're depend- literally two years. Depending on off. where you you know what definition you look at, what the generation gap is. I was, it's I was about to tell you, about to tell you yeah. millennials because generations are 20 years, but millennials are 1981 to 1996. You're mm-hmm. literally right there. Right, but it's like my brother grew up in a totally different way than I did in the same house, 100%. in the same 100%. house, pretty much the same conditions. We grew up very very different. Like he he wasn't going out biking with his friends playing football. Mm-mm. No, like you know, when, when we're driving down to Cape Cod, he was there. He had a port, his portable DVD player. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sat there with with a book, or I couldn't even read the book because I would get car sick. I sat there just looking at the trees, mm-hmm. and, and like it's it's weird because it's what I go back to now. Like when I'm up there, it's like I don't want to be on technology. Like I just want to go sit by the pond. Like it, it's a, it's a sensory depth, not maybe i don't know if deprivation is the right word i don't it's like a sensory reset i think it's a sensory I, reset. That, that that's a good that's a good way of putting it so like when we go to the pond down by cape god like he has to be fishing he has to be doing something else i'll just fucking sit there man mm-hmm. like we're going out kayaking he's gonna go out fishing and kayaking dude i just paddle out to like the middle of the lake and i just sit just there don't. just like you see we put our arms <laughs> at the same time yeah. oh baby dude, dude i just like i'm just here by myself it's because and, like, we grew up we grew up like the kids from the Goonies and people were growing up yeah. pretending to be the kids from the Stranger Things. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> like, it's different, man. Like, it is. we went on adventures for the sake of adventuring, even if we found nothing. Where, like, we, we were the ones, we, we were the last, like, pe- yeah, like that 96. Like, people my age was the mm-hmm. last ones to, we're going to jump over fences, rip our jeans. We're going to mm-hmm. skin our knees playing, like, two-hand shove football in the street because mm-hmm. we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. It was like, that just doesn't happen anymore. Like, like when I was going to summer camp, it was like, we, we would love to get dirty, people of our age. Like, it was like, oh, it's Dude, raining outside? Like, we because we, we basically was like open field in the Listen, woods man. type of summer camp, day camp. We were like, let's go mudsliding. I didn't own a pair of jeans until I was in high school that didn't have grass stains in them. Mm-hmm. 
And I grew up oh, in the hood. Every, dude, but, but, everything but, 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 wait, yeah, Ivan, I grew up in the hood where there wasn't yeah, even no grass. grass. Yeah, there's no yeah, grass. Yeah, I was like, how did this even happen? Like, we're going to get dirty, baby. We gonna, dude, we, we found a way to do every Like, we just tested stuff. Like, we everything. Our, we te- no, no, no. We tested ourselves. We didn't just test stuff. We tested us. We was but like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But was, I was even thinking, like, every time anyone got their first cell phone and, and grand it, cell phones, everyone was like, can I throw this and it doesn't break? Like, like everyone was like, let's just do it. What could if go you wrong? Think about it. When we, when we were growing up and in, in our developmental years, we looked for answers to everything, to ourselves, to our friends, to how far we could push the limits. To, and we to also couldn't, it wasn't Googleable things. But this is this is the difference, though. The generation today asks you for the answer. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I don't. Like, I, I, I've, I've seen, seen it this. at work. I've seen it at work. Like I, I really work, have. I work with students, and I see right. the same thing. It, and I'm like, it's interesting. Even the people that are a couple years younger than me, mm-hmm. they don't retain information. Mm-mm. Like I like you know in, in my job, yeah. Not to get into the nuts and bolts, probably because I'm also not allowed to. Sells drugs. I don't do that. I'd like that on the record. <laughs> I, I, I'd have way more money if I sold either of those things than I do. <laughs> That's the front. He's just the front man. <laughs> but it's like, you know, me and friends of mine who, you know, my job is weird because I work with uh, people of a lot of different ages, even in the same roles, some of which who are my very close friends and they feel like they're my age because we have similar life experiences, but they're 31, 32, right? Yeah, but that like I feel more aligned with them than the twenty-four-year-olds who are a year younger than me, because it's like a completely different thing. But okay, so the last thing I'll say before we move on, we'll have to just dedicate a whole episode to this because I think we could talk about this for six hours. Um, we got we got to do it on the same day that we pick somebody who has a Z in her name uh, with a jersey. Uh we missed Zadruna Solgowskis. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll make a list. We, there's definitely some hockey players. We got hockey players there's coming up for Zlatan. sure. There's, there's a lot of Well, we missed Zlatan. We, no, no, we go, Brian we, no, no, we're not going to go prime Zlatan because we said about LeBron. We're going to go trash Zlatan when he's like wearing like you, a team he, number. He still only wore 10. I, oh, maybe back when he was like playing in Sweden or Ajax. Yeah, yeah okay, come on. We're going to go deep with it. Um, but last thing I'll Ooh, say. Also, I'm, one day, one day. What, what, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know no, I cut you off. When we get to like, we gotta pick a number, and whatever that number is, we gotta go back in the history, and we gotta buy our favorite jersey from that number up. It don't have to be all the jersey, but like we gotta pick a jersey. Like we don't tell each other, we're just gonna wear it for the next episode. Like when we get to a certain episode, we be like, when we get to twenty, we're gonna buy a jersey. When we get to okay. fifty, whatever it is. Okay, okay, we'll, 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 we'll pick some. Like honestly, you know, what'd be kind of dope is uh, mile like not necessarily milestone episodes. But milestone episodes, either, either that we share, where it's like, okay, for 26, we're both getting something. Or mm. even if we did it secretly, where it's like, okay, I got 22, 71, 46, you know, and you got five different numbers from one to 100. That'd be kind of dope, too. We'd just be like, out of nowhere, we're showing up with it. Oh, that actually would be dope. <laughs> All right, but okay, Sorry, L- last thing I'll say about this kind of the Gen Z M&M thing. The one thing that drives me crazy about Gen Z trying to cancel Eminem, and this is true for anyone trying to disparage Eminem in any regard. If you try to disparage Eminem Mm -hmm. and you call yourself a stan, (laughs) any individual, (laughs) any entity, any band, 
Shut your fucking mouth. Are there only <laughs> two rappers who created words that are just general words we use? Bling, bling, and Stan? Look, bling, bling is Lil Wayne. Stan is Eminem. Is there, are there any other rappers who created words who literally is just part of the regular I dialogue? feel like Snoop has to have something. No? I feel like he doesn't. Like, he created inflections of words. Yeah, he okay. I was gonna say, he, he added the izzle. Yeah, the Izzles, but like bling bling, like oh, that's bling. That's that was literally little one yeah. creation when he was like fifteen, and you got Stan with Eminem. Like that, like that drives me nuts. Oh my god! Like, and that's been going on for a couple of years. So, but that, that's just something that that popped in my head where it's like they were like, oh, Eminem sucks. He's he's so bad, and I was like, your Twitter bio says that you're a Stan for like Beyonce, whoever whoever it is. You're a Beyonce yeah, and, stand. And it I was also like, is an Do you know what a stan is? Yeah. And you're a part of the beehive if you're with Beyonce. Stan is Eminem. So like okay. you're not yeah. even putting uh, your yeah. fan groups together. Probably probably not that, but it was like BTS stan or whatever. They're yeah, no, no, I was, no, people say I'm a stan for LeBron. I'm a stan, but it's like I was like, you do you know me? what stan means? Like, this is not an urban dictionary term. Like, this is Eminem defines who you are. But okay, I, I digress. Um, you know, we, we went on a, a little rant there. <laughs> I just um, had to bring that up because we never talked about it. Yeah. And you know how I feel about Marshall. And it's one of those things where I think it's, I mean, oh, I, wait, I understand it. I understand why people get mad at Eminem because he's a white dude who does hip hop possibly better than black dudes do. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to lose hip hop. Just like, but I also look at it like it's the same way we look at the Tiger Woods in golf. It's the same way. We look at white running backs. It's the same way we look at like people, people that are, are just anomalies. different. They're, yeah, anomalies they're anomalies. That's field. a good way. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, and, you got to tip the cap eventually. Or or you don't. You just hate on it and, and then pretend like they're not as great as they are, which I think does actually worse because now people yeah. are going to focus on it instead of being like, uh, oh, it is what it is. And, yeah. M- and Eminem is one of those few, in my personal opinion, who's earned his spot. Like, yeah, he sold more He sold more records than anybody because he's white with blue eyes, handsome dude, has money. That's why he sold those records, not because of his skill, because his skill what is he had to What he and it, Trey had to go through to get to that point. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not more skilled than a black thought, probably. But no, black thought I, is black thought. You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, then what happens next? So he's part of the majority. He's going to sell more. But that motherfucker is amazing like that's the thing too like people don't want to give him his credit because he's so successful if he if eminem only sold one million records in his career people would be like this is the greatest rapper ever but because he sold over 200 million records which is insane yeah. over 200 million records they'd be like he's overrated it's like hold on yeah yeah like i i always think of just i can is another one you know i've talked about you know when when you're on like a drunk youtube rabbit hole some of the things that you go back and watch one of my favorite ones is to go back and watch uh, other rappers talk about Eminem. Mm-hmm. And the ones that the one that's sticking out to me right now is a couple of quotes from the game. Oh yeah, and, the one with the white boy. <laughs> but, so there's that. There's that one. But the best one is, um, so the, the, yeah. Okay, so to to, to give uh, knowledge of what that is, said you know, blah, 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 what do you think of Eminem? He's like, yeah. Even when I was going at Dre Fifty. Mm-hmm. I, I left the white boy alone. I, mm-hmm. You don't want to do that because he shreds MCs. Mm-hmm. But there was another point where it, mu- it was, I think it was the same interview. It must have been before. And they said, uh, so like, where, where's Jay-Z all time? Or, or no, they said like, who's the best rapper ever? And he said, uh, like, so like everything involved, you know, sales, lyrics, everything. He's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, Jay-Z. Um, and they go, all right, what about Eminem? He goes, right above Jay-Z. 
<laughs> See, and, and people hate that, man. For me, Eminem, I mean, I grew up loving him. I've never not loved Eminem, so I'll put that on record. No, no, that's not true. I've never not appreciated Eminem. I didn't always love Eminem. But, like, when when I, I started loving Eminem around 2000, 2001, like, I listened to him since his first album. Not Infinite, but, like, his first studio, his first yep. mass mm-hmm. release album. Um, and he always made me want to be a better rapper. Like, it wasn't, because I started rapping in 99. That's when I started rapping. I was nine years old. I started rapping in 99. His first album came out in 99. So, like, for me, it was like, ooh, how is he doing? It's like, this is crazy. It's catchy. It's cool. Yada, yada, yada. Where people heard that and was like, he only sold that way because he's white. And it's like, he also you're sold it because he's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, I was say you're like you're yeah. not. Two things can be true. Yeah, he sold that amount because he's white, but he also sold that amount because he's super talented. Because you know, I love Mac Miller. Mac Miller never sold like that. I love Macklemore. Macklemore never sold like that. Nope. I love not love. I like G Easy. G Easy never sold like that. I've been rocking with MGK back when he was balding at 22. He never sold like that. So it's not just because he's white. Don't do that. It's because he's white and fucking and talented. Good. Like Elvis yeah. was talented. I hate Elvis personally. Like I'm not an Elvis guy. I don't hate him as a person. Actually, I do because he was a pedophile. But I don't hate anybody. Put it out there. I don't hate Elvis. I dislike Elvis. I have a disdain for Elvis. But Elvis was fucking talented. That's why he sold that way. It wasn't just because he was white doing black music. He was white doing Justin Timberlake. Talented as fuck. White doing black music. Adele. Talented as fuck. White doing black music. If Stormzy Amy loves Adele, we all love Adele. Yeah, Amy Whitehouse, mm-hmm. black, white doing black music. Like that's just what it is. Like you got to be talented though. It's not just that you're doing it because there's a lot. You got to do it right. Like you got to do it right. Yeah, Iggy Azalea didn't sound like that. So what's the excuse? Australian. Mm-hmm. I don't think Maybe it's actually at least they're on. <laughs> She's South African. People love Chris Hemsworth though. People. Okay, uh, last thing, uh, and this is a perfect segue from Eminem uh, to the next topic. I, I, I have last sent- topic, the last topic, the last topic. I haven't sent this to you, um, but this is an Anthony Mackie interview that I was watching a few weeks ago, talking about how the Eminem scene with Brittany Murphy is the greatest, most realistic sex scene in the history oh, of cinema. Also, love Brittany Murphy. That was my girl. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, m- most realistic sex scene in the history of cinema. <laughs> Gives a hand a lick. <laughs> gets a- <laughs> Yo, Anthony, Anthony Mackie Mac is crazy, though. Dude, Anthony <laughs> to be fair, he didn't bring it up. He didn't bring it up, but he doubled down quickly on the interviewers. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say it like this. You can't play <laughs> You can't play a Marvel superhero. Uh, a, a, Shakes- a Shakespearean historical figure pop a doc in eight mile and tupac and just be a regular person like i just don't believe no. that that person is wired to be normal uh no but also normal people aren't usually successful exactly so and yeah. and, and he's been a successful actor and he's one of the few who's like no oh, these are my teeth <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, nah, he, this is what i look like i, I think he's one of the most likable people like I, I'm so glad that his like I feel like he's reblown up, um, because of the most until recently though. R- right? Yeah, that, that's true. Because I think there was a lot of people even when they watch uh, Captain America or any of the Avenger stuff he's done, where it's like, oh, that's Papa Doc. 
Like, I, I think, think there's been a Ch- lot of I that. think Chadwick took his buzz. I think Chadwick came through, swooped down, and every, Anthony Mackie was like that dude because he was playing. He was playing people we knew of. It was like, oh, that's cool, that's dope. And then when Chadwick came, he just was like and played the every other black important dude. black figure in history. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like, he was like to oh, perfection. He's like, you played Tupac. That's cute. I'm Third Grill Marshall, motherfucker. <laughs> like it was like. Oh, and by the way, if you get bored of that, I'm also Jackie Robinson. <laughs> oh yeah, if you get bored of that, I'm James Brown, bitch. <laughs> oh, and the most prominent black superhero. Yeah, just to put that out there, you know. Oh, you got wings? That's cute. (laughs) (laughs) But perfect segue. What we think. uh, Okay, so also huge update here. Probably from here on out in the podcast is going to be a big spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, tune out now and come back to this point in the episode when you have watched it. Um, Or keep listening because nothing happened. I don't disagree, which hurts me to say. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. So first episode of six, which I think is an important clarification to make. I'm so happy we established that it's only six. We talked about this in depth, I think the last episode. And I was like, if it's like between five and six episodes, five and seven episodes, it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be really mm-hmm. good because that's all we can take of side characters for somebody who's not there. Um, what was, what was your biggest criticism? Let's start negative. What was your biggest criticism? My biggest criticism was that they allowed they allowed i'm gonna go by anthony mackie i'm gonna say it's brilliant they allowed anthony mackie to become a, a footnote on the story that they're telling already like where if you look at the avengers movies he should be the next captain america he decides to not be the next captain america for his own personal reasons which probably also were political reasons if you watched the episode um, and then they replace him with a guy, and we know the guy because he was, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same dude who was the fake Captain America in one of the movies. And it was like, oh, this is Captain America. It's like, that's not Captain America uh, in the movie, I think, or whatever it was. So, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, U.S. agent is who he is. So, like, he he's like, an, he's going to be an important character. Um, so the other thing is, and, and by the way, before I wait, say wait, it, let me, let me finish. Let me yeah, finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, my, go ahead. Biggest thing. And I think that, I think that it, it kind of robbed away from what Mackie's character could have been. Because if you watch it, I think every, not everybody, I think a lot of people were like, will he take up the mantle of Captain America? Which he still could because we know this isn't the real Captain America, but but it kind of it kind of cheapens it a little bit because that big buildup in the movie felt like it fell so flat in the show because it was just like it was just like a side thing like oh yeah and they touched on it for like twenty seconds right at the yeah jump. yeah and and they built up his character throughout the entire thing like with his sister his family struggling mm-hmm. and being back in Louisiana which he's actually from in real life like, by the way by the way before we that that is something I took note of because I looked it up I think that was just Anthony Mackie being like nah I'm gonna be from Louisiana now. Because I looked up, where is Sam Wilson from the comics? He's from Harlem. You know, I think I think I, I, I think I think Andy Mackie was like, no, let's just go to Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think he touched on it in the Hot Ones interview where he was talking. Oh, about did he? Yeah, I think I think he I, 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 I know he's talked very much about being from Louisiana. No, I, I think but that's why I looked at it when they were like, oh, Sam Wilson's from Louisiana. 
let me check this. And I was like, I oh, know Sam Wilson's from. Oh, no, Harlem. I mean, I think that like the reason why Sean Evans asked him because he knew that they're transitioning a character to be from Louisiana as opposed to Harlem. So I think that's maybe, why he brought uh, up Louisiana. Maybe, but, but it's like, I know like it from having watched other interviews, whether it was Barcel or he loves other, Louisiana. like he talks about he Louisiana, it. like, you know, like that should be, he should be like on the Louisiana state flag the way he talks about them. He should talk, he talks about Louisiana the way I talk about Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> like you would think that there's yeah, nothing the way I talk about there. Boston is the way I talk about it's he talks about Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. But what was your biggest gripe with it? My biggest gripe was in a show called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 16... Not enough Winter Soldier. What? Not enough Winter Soldier. Not that they weren't together a single time. <laughs> One out of six episodes, they're just not at all together. I mean, and, and, you know, so I, I get at the same time. <laughs> That's such a good point. I didn't even but it's think like, about like you're going to use an entire episode for like backstory of like, here's what's going on in their life. Which I think was good. You know, I think it was good to see like kind of a more humanizing element of, you know, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll use their names. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll use character names because I'm not going to say Sebastian Stan. But yeah, no, I wasn't gonna say I was gonna say Mackie and Winter. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where my brain went. Yeah, I like that both of our brains went there. Um, but it was like, yeah, no, it's cool to see Bucky's in therapy now. He's mm-hmm. trying to like deal with his shit. You know, Sam, you know, Falcon's trying to help the family business. Like, you know, there's more humanizing elements that I think is what has in the past separated Marvel from every other superhero franchise, is more those more humanizing elements beyond just the superhero stuff. Um, and I think that's why they've been so successful with what they did with Iron Man and, and all those other characters who have these inherent life flaws that they're dealing with um, beyond their superpowers. But I was just like, if it was 10 episodes, right. And they were going to go at the pace that they went. Yeah. You can do a ton of backstory, but like mm. this felt very game of, th- I hate to compare it to the last season of game of Thrones, where it was like, there was that moment after the episode where you're like, that was it. I, I think though, but I, I think part of it is that they try not to do what we expect, which mm-hmm. could also be to your detriment. Where to me, in my mind, just on the surface, because we've only seen one episode out of six, is that they're showing us this to weave in what happens, as opposed to use it as a yeah. reflection to understand what's already happened. Um, and like I, I think they did a really, really, really good job of showing the human side of both people. But I think that they kind of sort of missed the mark when they show such a stark contrast. Like, I think they could have did one story at a time as opposed to doing both of them at the same exact time. Because I think that the stories were so freaking different mm-hmm. that it doesn't actually, it doesn't give you enough opportunity to care about one of the stories because you have to care about both of them, which are so different you know what i mean like bucky is i'm definitely doing mackie and bucky bucky (laughs) (laughs) they rhyme it's cool yeah you know same ending yeah Yeah. bucky bucky has killed people so he's trying to make amends or he has helped people who set people up so he's trying to make amends and to a certain extent you understand and you feel it at least for me but it doesn't really make me feel except for what the old asian dude i'm like that's a bad one I, I, I like that callback, though, in a weird way that it was like, you know, because he had that line in Civil War when Tony asked him, do you remember 
like killing my parents. And he was like, I remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of liked, you know, as sad as it was and as fucked up as it was, what happened with Yuri, who Yuri's already a great character. I'm a big, mm-hmm. big fan. Um, but I, I kind of liked that, you know, reminders like he remembers all of his victims. I do too. I absolutely do too. But I do think that them pushing, because it's only like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like them smushing them both together. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, but like, but not like stuff that helps the other, unless they weave it together later on. But it felt, and like, I trust them to do that. I trust them to do that. I want to say, I feel I trust like them to entertain me. I don't know if I trust them to completely weave it together. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it's what, like I, I don't like. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved it together because it's Marvel. But it is one of those. Yeah, things that, that, that's where, probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I wanted to care so much about both of those characters in that moment. But I didn't have enough time to. So it was just like, oh, on to the next thing. Kind of a feel, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like, I think that it, I think that it was honestly, even though we kind of kind of sort of crapping on it, I think it was the solid first episode in a limited series. Because to mm-hmm. me, if you have six episodes, this is not something that's supposed to go into another season. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I have crazy. I have positive thoughts on it, to be yeah. to be clear. Um, you know, those were just, I, I figured we start out with the negative before we get into the positive. Um, I thought the start was fun. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not the start start, but it was like the 30 seconds of just recapping what the conversation between Cap and um, Anthony Mackie uh, were at the end of Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. But it started out like a Marvel movie. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of felt um, Captain America and the, and the Winter Soldier, you know, that movie that opening scene where it's like, okay, the superheroes are fucking people up where it's like, <laughs> it's like, we're not being goody goody. It's like, no, no Falcon's killing people right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like he is piecing dudes up. Um, I saw a great tweet, which perfect segue. Thank God he cut his hair. Uh, but I saw a great uh, tweet that said, um, it's nice that the G- that GSP fought the Falcon, even if you won't fight the Eagle for those that don't know, uh, the Eagle is Habib Nurmagomedov's nickname. Um, so I thought that was a nice little uh, crossover there. I ain't gonna lie. When I watched it, it took everything in me not to text you. The goat is in this, in this show. <laughs> like, it took me everything. I, I, oh, I was the like, same, the same way. Because no, I was I'd, surprised. I'd, I didn't know he was in the show. I was like, I got to let I, 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 I'd forgotten. I had forgotten. I had seen like, oh, he's on set. Here are these pictures. And I yeah, totally I just, forgot I about it because it was like I a year ago. not to be that tuned in. Yeah, it was like a year ago. And, you know, before they like stopped shooting the first time. And so I had just totally forgotten. And I was like, oh, shit. And I really wanted to text you. But yeah, so. Um, Literally, it took everything in me not to text you. Yeah, and the and only thank fight God G- he didn't have that long ass hair that he had on Ariel's yeah. show. That was the bad. only other fight GSP has ever lost was to his hair group. Him and Brian Urlacher are fighting that one together. No comment. Um, but also. Yeah, but, um, do you think, but do you think that this show is going to leave you full or do you think it's going to leave you wanting more content from marvel that they have to deliver as opposed to because i think that even though we knew that it, like the marvel universe was the marvel universe i felt very satisfied with a lot of those movies at when they ended even though i knew there was another one coming it was mm-hmm. going to like i felt i never very rarely i will say did i leave one of those movies being like that's it like I, I didn't feel that way for most of those movies. So, do you think that this show will leave you fulfilled, or do you think it will leave you starving for more Marvel content? Um, a, a little bit of both. both? I, I think a little bit of both. Um, 
And part of it is some of the things that I've learned just from listening to other people talk about this show or these characters in some of the comic book history that I didn't know. And I can share with you if you want, or if, if you want things that might happen to be a total surprise, I'm happy mm-hmm. to omit it. Mm-hmm. Cut it. Okay. Um, yeah, don't, don't share anything with me. Well, here's what, I, I I'll give you one that's like, not a plot on. point. I'll, I'll give you one that's not a plot point that I learned about the comics. Apparently, um, Falcon's sister is because you know there was the one point where her kids run up and like, oh, Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's in the comics like four times, and each time is just so his nephews can call him Uncle Sam. <laughs> uh, audience, that's a black woman that they're doing dirty. I want you to make note of that. Um, and Marvel's own Stan Lee. And Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney has a history of being discriminatory and standing against Lee's everyone, point. really. Um, maybe more specifically against a certain group of people, but yes, what you were saying, Ivan? Um, so the other thing that I would say, you know, because there was one cameo that I think is worth addressing, um, Don Cheadle, who I didn't <laughs> know was going to be in this, um, War Machine also didn't sound he didn't have the, the motorized lakes when he met him either. Yeah, I, I've stopped. Did you not realize I, that? There was no news. I, I did realize that. I'm just like, oh, maybe they figure something out. But it's like, <laughs> it definitely be thicker. They fix this fine. Yeah, it's like he's just got some iron suit now. I don't know. But I, I think that that was a nice touch. Um, the thing that I came back on was, um, so obviously Rhodes has lost Tony Stark, who's like his best friend. Um, but I, I think it was also a nice callback almost to Infinity War. Whereas, like, when Sam got dusted, he's like, who was looking for him? It was War Machine. I was like, I feel like there's this, like, you know, whether it's a U.S. military or, you know, black men in the U.S. military thing. It's like, if it always feels, felt like there was a little camaraderie between them, even if they were separated, um, which I think was is kind of cool to see now. Like, even when Rhodey falls, who's the first one that's dipping, uh, obviously, uh, along with Tony, who's the first one dipping down to be like, I'm sorry. That those are those are great points. Some that I never really thought about, but hearing you talk about it makes it feel like it's almost forcing that they didn't try to make it actually work out in the script. Maybe. Because those some of those movies are three hours long. You couldn't have one scene together. Like it's like one of those things where like you're right. Like I, I never even realized it until you're saying what you're saying now. I, I hadn't really realized it. it until that scene where I was like, he's the one person there for mm-hmm. Sam's speech. Where I was like, yeah, no, I get he's there probably out of military obligation, but like. But there's been a lot of people in Avengers who are in the military. Right. And it's like, you would also think, again, perfect reason for it to be the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Bucky Barnes, who's in the Smithsonian exhibit, wouldn't have been there. And Samuel wasn't there. And he literally, like, he, he's he's like, at, he was at Tony's funeral. Yeah. Right. So, like, we know he's back. But, you know, and that was the other thing. It was like um, about Bucky, I believe. It was like, so this was an interesting thought that I actually heard from another podcast um, talking about this episode. How much do we think, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because we, we've gone on a pretty long episode here, but how, how much do you think the world knows about Bucky Barnes? Cause they haven't seen him since. Oh, you mean the world that's in Marvel. Right. right yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the world within the MCU because they haven't seen him since Civil War, mm-hmm. when you think about it. So mm. the, the lasting memory that they have of him is essentially 
he did a bomb, you know, he was the bomber. You know, you think about everything because then, you know, for after Civil War, he's in Wakanda, then mm-hmm. he gets dusted in Wakanda, then he See, wins the uh, final battle and he gets pardoned. They mentioned he got pardoned, which I do think I was, is important. I was about to say that I think that Europe remembers him as being a terrorist. I think Africa remembers him as being um, somebody who's in redemption. I think America remembers him as being a war criminal. So I think depending on what continent you on, you That's get a, a different and answer. And that was the, the the other thing. I don't know that they addressed it unless I missed it. Did they address where he is? No. Okay. I I, I thought that was the but case. I think, but you I know, think that's what I'm DC. curious. I think he's in DC because his strength is former military. Because remember, yeah, I, towards I, the I did end, notice that. Yeah, yeah, I did notice like, that. I was a soldier. I was like, oh, I feel that like, must be but, but I feel like he can't be in DC. Otherwise, he had to have been like he, they would have put him somewhere in disguise. Oh, but no, but he also he pinned the pardon. senator. He pinned yeah. the senator. Yeah. 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 So I think he might be in DC so they can keep close contact and eye on him. Um, but I think he leaves, but I think that he's in he DC. He probably shoots up to Brooklyn. Because think about it. I think he's literally in like Japan when he goes to visit, uh, what's the name? Like, I think You're, he's, yeah. I think he just literally goes wherever he wants, but I think he's based in DC so that if something ever comes up. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, that's where, like, I, I think that's how they're so doing it. I thought it that and, was an interesting thing. It was like, they gave a, a point on the screen and said, we're in Louisiana. They never gave that. Or, yeah. or you know, they, they said we're in Tunisia. And they another, never really gave that for him. Yeah, and another point that was where to me was, didn't he get a different arm from Wakanda? Yeah, but they didn't show the new arm, or they didn't show the old arm. They, but they didn't. They didn't describe what it was. They just showed the metal hand and the wrist and like the forearm, but they didn't like show like all the way up to the shoulder where you could tell if it's the old arm or the new arm. So that's weird too. Where like, because he already mentioned he was already in Wakanda. But, I, think they, I think when he woke up, you could tell it was the old or the new one, right? No, because it's black now. It's black instead of the like titanium. Uh, I don't think metal. It's black. I think it was just where he was at. It was dark. No, hold on. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, like a black with like a gold lining. Um, Winter Soldier arm. Say Infinity War. Share my screen here. Yeah, no, I see that. Yeah, like that's but definitely like, w- way darker. Yeah, than no, like- yeah, yeah. That's that's the one we remember from all of that. But like during the show, it looked like it was back to being silver. See, I didn't think there was much view of it apart from... I thought, I thought they only showed, like, the forearm up because when he grabbed something with his metal arm in the beginning... like when he Oh, no, so, no, but that was a callback to when he was the Winter Soldier. So that would have been the OG arm. Okay, yeah. So yeah, like, I, th- I think that was the idea is he was still brainwashed there, and that's why that's why he cool. killed um, Yuri's son because yeah. he was like, you're a witness. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, whereas, like, that was the Winter Soldier versus... Was but I think it's interesting part. that they haven't showed his arm at all. Like even when I do alone. think it's interesting. I think yeah, it's like even when he's alone. That's also, by the way, maybe the funniest line because I do think that both of these characters have provided like on top of some of the serious stuff. Obviously, Anthony Mackie, whenever he's in anything, is going to provide some humor. But like the one line is like, "Oh, so how old are you? 106." No, that's funny. Just, yeah. yeah, like yeah. just for the straight face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What's with the gloves? I have bad circulation. Like, you know, those are like those simple ones where it's like that one was. Yeah. But like, I, I like the 106 one. 
Also, you know, Battleship is an awful like board games are. I think can work on a first date. Battleship's a bad one. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna end it there. Uh, Ivan feels about first dates. Um, just remember that if you're trying to swoon a nice young tenderloin, you shouldn't use Battleship. You should use Connect Four. Connect Four is a good one. I agree. That's it. We out. My name is My name is My name is It's name Sadie My name is My name is My name is It's name Sadie My name is Excuse me My name is It's name Sadie Can I have the attention of the class for one second My name is It's name Sadie Hi kids do you like violence? Yeah, Wanna yeah, see me yeah. stick nine inch nails to each one of my eyelids? Uh-huh. Wanna copy me and do exactly like I did? Yeah, Try yeah. sit and get fucked up worse than my life is? Uh-huh. My brain's dead weight. I'm trying to get my head straight, but I can't figure out which spice girl I want to impregnate. Uh-huh. And Dr. Dre said, Slim Shady, you a basic. Uh-uh. Watch your face red, man, you wasted. Well, since age 12, I felt like I'm someone else, cause I hung my original self from the top bunk with a belt. Got pissed off and ripped Pamela Lee's tits off and smacked her so hard I knocked her clothes back with like crisscross. I smoke a fat pound of grass and fall on my ass faster than a fat bitch who sat down too fast. Come here, slut. Shady, wait a minute. That's my girl, dawg. I don't give a fuck. God sent me to piss the world off. Hi, my name is what? My name is to flunk me in junior high thanks a lot next semester i'll be 35 i smacked him in his face with an eraser chased him with a stapler stapled his nuts to a stack of paper walked in a strip club had my jacket zipped up flashed the bartender and stuck my dick in a tip cup extraterrestrial running over pedestrians in a spaceship while they screaming at me Best 99% of my life i was lied to i just found out my mom does more dope than i do i told her i'd grow up to be a famous rapper Make a record about doing drugs and name it after You know you blew up when the women rush your stands And try to touch your hands like some screaming usher fans This guy White Castle asked for my autograph So I signed it, dear Dave, thanks for the support, asshole I can barely decide. I just drank a fit of vodka. Dare me to drive? Go ahead. All my life I was very deprived. I ain't had a woman in years, and my palms are too hairy to hide. Whoops. Clothes rip like the Incredible Hulk. I spit when I talk. I fuck anything that walks. Come here. When I was little, I used to get so hungry I would throw fits. How you gonna breastfeed me, mom? You ain't got no tits. I lay awake and strap myself in the bed with a bulletproof vest on and shoot myself in the head. Bang. Steaming mad. And by the way, when you see my dad. Slit his throat in his dream I had.
never seen a white person before Jaws all on the floor like Pam Like Tommy just burst in the door We started whooping her ass worse than before They first were divorced, sewing her over furniture It's the return of the- Oh wait, no wait, you're kidding He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? And Dr. Dre said Nothing, you idiots, Dr. Dre's dead, he's locked in my basement uh, uh, Feminist women love him and them Chicka, 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 slim shady, I'm sick of him Look at him, walking around, grabbing his you-know-what Flipping the you-know-who Yeah, but he's so cute, though Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws up in my head loose But no worse than what's going on in your parents' bedrooms Sometimes I wanna get on TV and just let loose But can't, but it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose My bum is on your lips, my bum is on your lips And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss And that's the message that we deliver to little kids And expect them not to know what a woman's clitoris is. Of course they're gonna know what in the course is By the time they hit fourth grade They got the Discovery Channel, don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals Well, some of us cannibals Who cut other people open like cantaloupes But if we can hunt dead animals and antelopes Then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote Women wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus And it goes I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up Please stand up Will Smith don't got a cuss in his raps to sell records Well I do, so fuck him and fuck you too You think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half of you critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me But Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? So you guys can just lie to get me here So you can sit me here next to Britney Spears You shake Christina Aguilera, better switch me chairs So I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst And hear him argue over who she gave head to first Little bitch, put me on blast on MTV Yeah, he's cute, but I think he's married to Kim <laughs> I said download her audio on MP3 And show the whole world how you gave him an MVD ah! You little girl and boy groups, all you do is annoy me So I have been sitting here to destroy you And there's a million of us just like me Who cuss like me, who just don't give a fuck like me Who dress like me, walk, talk, and act like me And just might be the next best thing, but not quite me I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Cause I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all And I don't gotta be false or sugar-coated at all I just get on the mic and spit it and whether you like to admit it I just shit it better than 90% of you rappers out can Then you wonder how can kids eat up these albums like volumes It's funny, cause at the rate I'm going when I'm 30 I'll be the only person in a nursing home flirting Pinching nurses' asses when I'm jacking off a of Jergens And I'm jerking but this whole bag of Viagra isn't working And every single person is a slim shady lurking He could be working at Burger King Spitting on your onion rings Or in the parking lot circling Screaming I don't give a fuck With his windows down and his system up So will the real shady please stand up And put one of those fingers on each hand up And be proud to be out of your mind And out of control And one more time Loud as you can How does it go? I'm Slim Shady Yes I'm the real shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up Please stand up Please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady Yes I'm the real shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady Please stand up, please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up, please stand up, please stand up Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes I'm the real Shady All you other Slim Shadies are just imitating So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up, please stand up, please stand up <laughs> Yes, it's a Slim Shady in all of us Okay. Let's all stand up.